Campfire, a podcast, three dudes kicking it around the fire discussing the day's hot topics, their opinions, and all kinds of banter. Sit back, relax, tune in, and feel the warmth as the red light is about to turn on. Like that, the red light's on. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite part of the week. The red light comes on. Welcome to season three, episode seven. Seven. We're a little late because Nick and I are pieces of shit. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It just hasn't ended. Keith's had a rough week. Uh, you know, life comes at us fast. And we always talk about that on this show. That's kind of why the three of us started it just to be able to take a moment and, uh, sit down and just talk about life and the shit had happens and how we deal with it. You know, we, uh, we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's a peer group, uh, for peer oh. review bouncing ideas and arguing is the substance of our content but there's other stuff like with keith's current issue we just kind of had a little man chat about that and you know i'd smell fuckery with that try to help keith you know look at all the options available there that's what we do i just have this horrible feeling though that because of uh government even local government in this case and um and corporate interests i don't even know if they're corporate interests but i bet you there's some fuckery going on there's some some uh corruption happening yeah there's There's no reason that shit should be so fucking expensive to have one fucking line a shit pipe laid from your house to the street it's already yeah. there. Just dig it up and put a new one in. Right. But I smell... Fifteen, twenty thousand dollars they're trying to quote that shit for. So. I would say probably a good half or more of that is permits and inspections. Yeah, I think so too. Now, Keith, I, I ask for quotes a lot for work. And when I see something that looks fucked up, I say, all right, well, uh, why is your quote so high? How about you give me a cost breakdown? I recommend you do that. Yeah. And if they really want your business, they'll give you a cost breakdown. And then if a bunch of that is permits and inspections and taxes and shit... (sighs) That's when you call the trustee and say, hey, you piece of shit. What is this? Well, no, not really you piece of shit. I mean, he doesn't know the problem exists. Uh, Yeah, whatever. He got elected so we could call him a piece of shit. That's what our elected officials are for. For me to call you up and be like, what the fuck is this, dude? 
Yeah, but there's also, you know, being a gentleman, call them up and say, man, I got this issue and it's on the township. You got to take a look at this. It's on you. Don't take me so literally. <laughs> Why? Because you're a fucking piece of shit? Just because you're I'm a not piece a, of shit. I am. You run around calling everybody else a fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. I've never run for office. I mean, you could. You'd get elected. You just got that very <laughs> punchable type of face. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Right now. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. Whatever, bitch. I'm just saying. Well, the government fucks us everywhere we look. Look at this fucking shit with, with Google, Keith. Like, I am so ready for this. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, yeah. Like, this ain't cool at all. Like, I don't know if anyone else has seen this so far, but seeing that now they're having it to where push notification text is subpoenable and is also captured by Apple and Google by using the push notification system inside of their mobile operating systems. Keith, would you tell our listeners who aren't privy what push notifications are? Those are the notifications that you see where they just pop up um, on the top of your phone. Uh, saying mm-hmm. like you have a message, and typically they'll tell you what that message is. And that's what the big key thing is, is that your text that's actually showing on that message is now subpoenable and actually has been the whole time. We just now know that they're using that to get information on messaging, such as from Signal, WhatsApp, and all the other different telegram anything else i can't normally use right yeah so after you told me this that's that was the reason for my text messages to you the other night hey send me a couple test texts mm-hmm. fuck these push mm-hmm. notifications i turn that shit off i always turn mine off mainly because i get i don't want my phone going off every five minutes you know espn is the worst man I wish they would just send all their shit out once a fucking day. But, I mean, it, ESPN, you're getting shit once an hour. It's now, fucking... hang on a second. Keith, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can still get notifications. You just don't want the push notifications to display at the top of your phone, Right. Is that is that the is that how to parse this out? I can still get notifications. My phone goes beep, and I look at it, and I look at the top, and there's a little icon that says, "Hey, ESPN sent you a notification." It doesn't read the notification to you. It when even when you pull the bar down, it doesn't it doesn't even give you a preview of the text. It just says ESPN notification. That that is fine. Is that's fine. Correct. Now, one Which, thing one thing to yeah, say, ahead. though, is that there might be a possibility of them still being able to pull that information, which they are, but it's not going to say the actual text of that communication that you had with someone else. It's just going to say that, that had a, you had a notice. So, 
I mean, and that gives uh, them uh, some sort of timestamp to try to hone in on, which is incriminating in itself. Correct. So what I would suggest mm. is try to, I mean, if you really need to, turn off notifications if there's an active chat going really rapid so that then you hide it all. Yeah. That's a horse of another color and going a little further than I think the average Joe probably has to go. Right, right. Like, I'm looking at my situation and thinking, I don't think I need to go that far, but even before this, I did not like the idea of my phone sitting here and it beeps. Even with lock screen, it'll beep, it lights up, and then bam, there's a banner at the top of my screen saying, I got a text, who it's from, and giving me a preview. Uh, what's the point of a lock screen if it's going to do that? Right. I've always disabled that. Yeah. But just so happens, I just got a new phone, so I have to re-jigger everything to my my preferences. I'm, I'm just... This has been going on for a long time, guys. Remember back uh, during COVID when China was on lockdown, mm -hmm. like hard lockdown, and people were starting to get a little rowdy about it in China. So China called up Apple and said, hey, turn off, what, what's the service? Um, Keith, help me if you remember what I'm talking about here. There's a, a like a, a special service that iPhones have where you can not use the mobile network, the, your, the cell towers, and if you're in close enough proximity, you can message each other, share files, and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know if it was encrypted or not, it's Air something or other, Air, Air Talk or Air Share or something. China, the CCP literally called up Apple and was like, hey, anybody in our country that's got this iPhone with this service on it, shut it down. And Apple was like, okay. The people people of China couldn't even use this service because their government said, you know, you're not allowed. No, we don't want you talking to each other. Nope, you're on lockdown. We don't want any uh, dissenting opinions being being propagated. So, you know, if the Chinese communist government is doing that, and our government's doing it, to a certain extent, I don't know. I mean, where, where do we draw the line between, well, they're a private company, they can do what they want. We accepted the terms and conditions when we signed up for our Apple account or our Google account. I mean, because, like, let's face it, what does your phone do without an Apple ID or a Google email address? You can do Anybody? It can do a lot, still. Like, what, are you, what are you looking for? All the conveniences that come with having a smartphone. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if I'm not going to have a Google account, because I don't use iPhone, I use android mm -hmm. which is all google 
If I can't use... But you could de-Google I mean, Fi if uh, Android phone. How do you... What do you mean, de-Google Fi? Well, we would throw a different ROM on there, and there's a couple different ones now. The best one for privacy would be called Graphene OS, and that one's set up to where it doesn't have the Google Play um, services added to it, so it's de-Googled, so it doesn't have all those tracking abilities like it De-Googled. does on regular. Yeah. That needs to be a new word in the world. It is yeah. But I'm curious, Keith, so like when when you have Google or iOS, when you have Android or Android or iOS iOS with I say iOS. It's I say iOS. I say iOS. Um, when when you have those two things, you do have access to those services which provide you with a bunch of conveniences and um, apps that you are able to use to communicate with other people. Okay, what about? Sure. I mean, I, I guess this is a oxy. This is an oxymoron asking. Well, if I do Google find my phone, then I can't use Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat. I don't use it. But no, I guess if you if you de Google find your phone, then uh, having Snapchat kind of defeats the purpose, right? Uh, not necessarily. With all of its but you could still security. Use, you could still use F-Droid. I mean, what you're doing is you're taking Google out of the picture, so you could still then, uh, through a, a different type of Play Store called F-Droid, you can go through and you can download apps and everything else, so you're not missing out on anything without having a Google account. You could have no a Proton account if you wanted Proton there. Yeah, I know about those Proton could, accounts. You could sit there and start doing stuff like that. And honestly, that's where I'm starting to trend a little bit further. Bad thing is, on that F-Droid service that I was talking about as a Play Store type thing, I cannot get my Microsoft and stuff like that that I need for work. And I get a stipend from work for my phone, so. You do get a stipend? Man, I was just asking about that. Yeah. So, we'll talk later, and I'll go in my my company's piece with that. But uh, Right on. Speaking well, still uh, about, like, um, you know, government fucking us over and stuff. Look at the Cummings thing, dude. Nick, you, you have that listed on here, and that's kind of fuckery from the government. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Nick, I think you're muted. He is. Yes. Down here in our corporate news section. Mm-hmm. Some fuckery. Poor Cummins. Um, everybody knows... Uh, the federal government put down all kinds of regulations on our emissions. They're making auto manufacturers uh, reach, uh, what is it? Biden said zero emissions by 2032 or some shit. Yeah, something stupid like that. Maybe it was Obama, O'Biden, O'Biden, Obama, whatever. The dirty fucking bastards. So... 
you know, they sell this shit as a green energy deal and they're going to save the environment and do all these wonderful things and you know they they fear monger to sell this they sold you on global warming and and we're running out of oil and all this other bullshit that makes you feel like we're in a crisis and we actually we absolutely have to pass this legislation if we're going to survive the next 50 years it's all bullshit the truth of the matter is it's about money and it's about corporate politicians finding ways to glean every fucking dollar they can out of every aspect of America. So, um, what happened here, uh, Cummins, who was manufacturer of diesel engines for semi trucks, um, well for a lot of equipment, but mainly, um, semi-trucks they uh they're being fined over one billion dollars by the federal government over uh violations to engine emissions i think it's emissions. it's 1.6 billion i believe is the tone yes yes and man this has me pissed off because You know, I'm not going to sit here and argue um, the need for cleaner engine emissions. I, yes, I believe that these engines can be more efficient. They can be cleaner burning. But the regulations that the government set down are, are ridiculous, really. And a lot of these, uh, the DEF systems that they have on these engines... Uh, which is diesel <laughs> oh, that shit's that's a fucking racket right there that right there is a money making scheme see it all comes back to that's the fucking all money. that you know, is okay let me explain this for folks uh, the diesel exhaust fluid is it's, it's an additional product that you have to buy regularly just like when you're buying gas uh, usually about two tanks of gas and then you gotta fill up with def also it is it's it's urea it's nitrogen hey where did we where who is the biggest supplier of urea in the world anybody know russia go ahead and tell them china hmm. china that was close so comes in a plastic jug this stuff is extremely caustic it's going to eat up your paint it's going to rust right through metal it's it's nitrogen and uh they burn this through a diesel, diesel exhaust filter. This is an additional filter put into your exhaust system in front yeah. of your muffler. And There's it, a couple it, of them. It gets really, really hot, and uh, they get clogged up. Yeah. And, and then what do you got to do? Your you system gotta... has to regen. It uh -huh. has to regenerate, and then your your vehicle's going to shut down wherever it's at, and it's going to sit there until it's done with its regen cycle, and that's sometimes hours. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And for the intelligent mechanic who doesn't work for the manufacturer of that vehicle, they know ways to eliminate these systems 
But it's illegal. It's called an EGR delete. Yeah. Depending on, you know, what we're doing, if you got a pickup truck, you know, one of these three-quarter ton, one-ton diesel pickup trucks, eh, two grand, you can get that some bitch deleted. Maybe about three, get you a new tune on that thing. You'll be up and running in no time. Your, yep. engine, will run, your engine runs cooler without these um, EGR and DEF systems on there. And uh, you get more horsepower. And you spend less money because you're not buying the DEF fluid and you're not paying for all the maintenance on your truck because it's running hot. And those filters... They don't work where the fuck. Those regen filters don't work where the fuck. It's true. They, get they fail all the time. They don't regen where the fuck. Now, that being said. Delete, um, cut that filter out there and put some red shit in it. The newer the vehicle, the better these emission systems have gotten. They really have. They've come a long way since, you know. <laughs> what back in uh you know 15 16 even before that so um but the federal government finding 1.6 billion dollars on a bullshit law this just screams of government overreach government abuse and nobody's gonna give a fuck because you know Fuck the rich and fuck the corporations, and we hate corporations. And you know That's what? A lie. I hate corporations too. But the no. fact of the matter is, this country is what it is because of corporations. I'm yeah. more cynical than that, Nick. I am more cynical than that on this subject. That 1.6 billion dollars is not a total loss. That is, um, you might as well consider that a lobby, and. That money is exchanging hands back and forth. The corporation isn't losing out on this. They've got people on the inside of our government that are going to help them out. Going to help Cummins? Yep. Yeah. That's that's my belief. Because they need help. They're a market leader. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it's not because they're a market leader or because they they make a good product, which they do, or historically have. Uh, it's it's because special interests are are the people in our government. Special interests. Yeah, the people in our government are making money off of this, and the people of the corporate people of Cummins are going to benefit from yeah. this somehow. Okay, yes. And, and But we all see the headline that makes our government look like they care about being green and efficient and reducing emissions. And it's all a farce. It's all, it's, it's a dog and pony show. That's all it is. I, None of, where you're coming from. That's, I don't, I don't believe this for a fucking second. I don't. I mean, yeah, sure, they probably own the books, find Cummins $1.6 billion, but I feel like if you really dug deep enough, Cummins was like, hell yeah, let's do this. 
because somewhere on the back end, Cummins is going to fucking make out like a fat rat because they've got the market cornered because of the regulations or um, their CEOs are, are going to, you know, get even richer and I mean, so, is, so are the senators. It's, that's all it is. I've got another perspective on this and the way that I really see it. Yeah, it pisses me off that the federal government would do this. I've stated that, but Joe, you stated what you thought happened. What I think happened is Cummins decided it was easier to ask for forgiveness than it was permission. And being the market leader they are, they said, fucking sender, bud. Yeah, we're a little bit over the emissions. Fuck it. We're going to sell a million of these motherfuckers. I hope you are right. Make some motherfucking money, and they're going to fine us, and we're going to pay them cock bastards off and go about our way. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That's what I think. I'm just a little more cynical about it than you are. And, you know, that's very possible with the corrupt pieces of shit in our government. But, you know, I'd like to think that Cummins said, no, we're going to do it anyways. Here's your fine. We made that much selling these engines that everybody loves. Yeah, sucker. I mean, honestly, that ISX isn't very good. I mean, I'd rather have an N14 all day. I mean, cats, cats, their biggest competitor, right? Well, yeah, yeah. What about cats? I mean, not, not in the current market anymore. See, cat changed their business, and they've really specialized. They're only doing the construction equipment now. Trains. Um. I, yeah. Well, those are a lot of GE engines too, though. Yeah. 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 So, um. You know, Detroit's got a real hot engine out right now. A lot of people are running these Max Force bastards. They're junk. Um, I mean, everything is kind of junky these days. Uh, We just got that Volvo. And it's got this big monster Volvo engine in there. And I guess it's as good as anything on the market. I mean, I'm not exactly proud of having a Volvo, but, you know, it's better than putting it on your back and trying to carry it. It's a lot of weight. So, <laughs> I'm talking about semi-trucks here, by the way. Yeah, I, it, honestly, all the real truckers that I know, the guys who are owner-operators, they want an older truck. They like the style, the body style of the older trucks, and they like the engines in those older trucks. Horsepower and reliability. An N14 red-headed Cummins engine, uh, a nice yellow Cat C15. Um, Those are like bread and butter engines. That's really what everybody's looking for when they're shopping for a semi. They're completely rebuildable. But the inverse of that, you know, you're going to run a, one of those two engines, I'm going to say 750,000 miles, and you're going to be thinking about rebuilding them. And I know these Volvo engines, these guys are going over a million miles before they're thinking about it. Mm. 
So there's give and take. Um, the diesel world is nuts. Especially these days with all the emission stuff. It's weird how sometimes, sometimes like the dirtier you think an engine is going to be, the more efficient it actually is. To the average person, it doesn't make sense, but you get better mileage out of a diesel engine. But apparently, it's dirtier. I'm going to tell you, if they were really concerned about running a clean burning engine, we would run propane. Yeah. <laughs> propane is clean. Yeah, you could burn that. You clean inside burning. Of a building. Uh, yeah. And not have issues I with have, ventilation. I've taken brand new lawnmowers with a gasoline engine and converted them over to propane. And uh, these lawnmowers were sold to a commercial lawn mowing business. And at the end of the season, they bring that lawnmower back. It's got probably 800 hours on it. And I tear that engine apart, and it's just as clean as the day it rolled out of the shop brand new. Nice. There's none of that carbon buildup on the inside of the engine where you get all the, you know, the gunk and the, the varnish and all that horrible shit that you get inside of a normal combustion engine, especially diesels. Diesels are dirty, dude. But uh, propane, they're squeaky clean, man. You pull nice. the dipstick on a uh, propane engine, it's always clean. Nice. So, I mean, that, that's what they do. Just my opinion. You know, now that we're talking about energy and efficiency, um, I saw a TikTok that reminded me of something that happened over the summer. And I don't know if we talked about it. We probably didn't because we weren't doing the podcast over the summer. It was our off season. But... Um, the uh, the uh, National Laboratory, the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in uh, California, for the second time, achieved a net energy gain in fusion reaction. For the nice. second time, I remember we talked about the first time, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, this was in this was back in August. Interesting. They did it for the second time. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. <laughs> and uh, you know, let's just let's just go all the way to DS9 and think about how can we harness the singularity and put it in a semi truck. Fuck that. I just want to learn matter to energy conversion both ways: energy to matter or matter to energy. And you can do a lot from that right there that's what we need to be working on i mean fuck your green energy bullshit you want to solve some energy crisis you figure out that shit right there you're missing what i'm saying these people figured out how to convert a measurable 
measurable amount of matter or molecules, not molecules, particles, fuse them, and gain energy. So what I'm saying is, right. okay, you, you smash two particles together, and it releases a measurable amount of energy. And you already know that amount of energy because you already know what two, par two uh, particles you're going to smash together. But it was always a net loss, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. But now they've, they've figured out how to smash these particles together and get a net gain. It's putting out more energy than you put into it. That's huge. That is. Absolutely fucking huge. I still and, say we need matter-to-energy conversion. Well, that's fission. That's Those are nuclear reactors. We have those. Right, this energy is fusion. to matter. Go back the other way. I'm thinking energy. like replicators. You can just get light out of it, right? Oh, no. Probably get a lot of heat. No, I guess you would start with you would start with heat and light, and then turn it into particles, yes. and then into atoms, and then into molecules. Yeah, you're talking about replicators. Yes, I am. Transport. Yeah, that's how you end world hunger, right there, folks. That's how you end need. That's how you. <laughs> If we all had replicators, it might end capitalism. Yeah, it might. The thing is, though, is that one thing that Star Trek does not ever tell us that I've seen so far that I can really recall the stuff that it, the material that goes into the replicator to be able to replicate. It touches on it briefly a couple times, and I can't remember. So far, the it's, only it's, time that I remember it, is in um, the next generation. It, it talks about need, proteins. There's some sort of proteins. All they need is organic materials, and they can harvest the organic materials and reassemble it into gotcha. what is needed. Yeah, but you're right, Keith. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me because what I know of it from what I've watched, the million times I've watched TNG and DS9, right. is that it, it uses a, a certain amount of, a certain kind of protein, which, okay, let's, let's equate it with stem cells. Mm -hmm. Stem cells are just the most basic sort of cell that can for lack of a better phrase, be programmed to turn into whatever cell you want it to be. It can be a brain cell. It can be a neuron. It can be a muscle cell. It can be a skin cell, epithelial cell, whatever. Okay, so it uses these proteins, this replicator does, mm -hmm. and, and the replicator, I don't know, bombards it with particles or something and turns that protein into a steak or a cup of Roctogino or a, a, a fudge sundae. Right. <laughs> but 
it leaves it open-ended like okay it's cool that you have replicators and ended world hunger but where are you getting the proteins from where do these come from like who supplies those does it just generate them and if it does what does it use to generate them does it harvest uh, the probability wave particles from from the quantum fields and if so then you're still pulling that from somewhere so where does it come from who supplies that what yeah because like uh, is it is it infinite or no i don't think that it is because in ntg i'm pretty sure that it had it to where it had like a tank that had to be filled Mm -hmm. and then likewise in quarks jadzia dax was going through and working on quarks replicator and it had these big like bright tubes and stuff that were had like gel in it which i would think would be those amino based you know containers or whatever yeah and then you know all that jazz so 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 that's i think this replicator idea is so far just science fiction however if if we can take a finite amount of matter and convert it into an amount of energy greater than the sum of that matter with fusion then okay maybe maybe replicators are possible is it this breaking a law of physics yes joe yes remember you slept through physics class but it is a fact that matter cannot be created nor destroyed it cannot be what we got is what we got yeah it can only be converted into energy and every bit of matter equals an amount of energy a given a given amount of matter can be converted into a given amount of energy correct no more no less at 100% efficiency, if you convert my pinky finger into energy, you're only going to get so much light and heat from it. But these people have figured out how to take my pinky finger and turn it into heat, energy, and my middle finger. Somehow. It's a net, a net gain. And that's fucking huge. Put it in a goddamn semi-truck. That semi-truck will run its fucking self apart. <laughs> Just like the Defiant. Well, that's what I'm saying at that point. Like, if you're able to get electricity and stuff, dude, you can do everything. Like, I want fucking pumps yeah. and shit. I want a super dirigible fucking semi-truck that pops out this big fucking balloon and I'm like up, up and away and fucking I go across the country and then drop the fuck back down. Mm-hmm. Like, this is huge shit. And, I mean, I know science, especially science at, at this level, takes a long time, but come on, guys. I I have a hard time believing that we haven't figured this out yet. I know. 
Look at the hydrogen car engine. Cold fusion has been harnessed. It's been abused, but why? Because the technique's been suppressed. I'm not sure about cold fusion, but uh, definitely fusion in itself. Using fossil fuels when I don't even need to. Free energy has been, been harnessed. We don't use it. Why? Because the technique's been suppressed, just like you said, S.A. Martinez. Thank you, 311. One of the original conspiracy theorists. Galaxies. Gosh, it's my favorite 311 song still. And it's hard to pick a favorite, but man, that one jams. Yeah. Well, okay, moving from, I guess, energy to matter. Um, I just saw this one pop up yesterday. Go ahead and tell and me, what's the matter? This one made me sad. <laughs> not really angry. I'm not angry about this one. I'm sad about this. This is a sad day for America. And it speaks volumes to how far we have fallen. The United States Steel Group out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, has sold to the Nippon Group out of Japan for $14 billion, $14.1 billion sale price. That means there is no more United States steel. The United States of America has been the world's leading producer of steel for over a hundred years. Thanks um, in a major part to the United States Steel Group. They hold the patent on some of the best steel in the world. And honestly, you... that that's what Nippon is buying. It's those patents that they hold. But the the term American steel I think it's just a little bit less today. Because yep. of this. Well, everything American is a little bit less these days, now, unfortunately. The caveat to this is uh, the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission is now taking this under investigation. Joe Biden has condemned the deal, says uh, he wants to take a very close look at this. Trump has said he's really not sure if this was the best move. Um, actually, Trump should have just fucking outright bitched about it and said no. U.S. steel is U.S. steel. Um, you know. America. I wonder how many companies are under their umbrella. Because we got AK Steel oh, uh, here locally. And yeah, I believe they are part of the U.S. Steel Group. Anything that is stamped USSG, that's what that is. United States Steel Group. And it's <sighs> the highest quality steel in the world. I'm telling you. Um, it is. Everybody wanted to make 
a big fucking deal about it when Trump said, no, we have to use American steel to build these pipes. And, and he put but, the tariffs on all the other listen, countries. Remember the from, aluminum one? Yeah. From a manufacturing standpoint, from a, a, a tradesman standpoint, from a metallurgical standpoint, that American steel is better. And for that application, you needed the good American steel. It's in the strength of that steel. It's in the ability to withstand corrosion and the elements. Yeah, and the it's purity a, a, of that steel. A, bingo. Yeah. And it's also the alloys that they Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's, 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 alloys, about, it's about repeatability, guys. Yeah, um, exactly. I, and consistency. consistency. I, I deal with this on a regular basis. I'm a tooling engineer, and I make molds for injection molding facilities. And they're made out of steel, high-grade hard, steel. Hard steel. Different types of steel. Sometimes we make soft yes. tools. Sometimes we make hard tools. Sometimes we make tools so fucking hard that you're not going to machine them again. But... Sometimes when you source things outside the U.S., as you're saying, sometimes you get lucky and the steel's okay and it's not that bad. It actually did. It, it lived the life that I expected it to live and it wore as I expected it to wear. The standard but, is lower. But the standard is lower and Great. you don't get lucky all the time. It, it, well, you don't have to worry about luck in the U.S. when you buy steel in the U.S. Well, because it's the same every fucking time. When I buy, buy H13, it's 50 Rockwell every fucking time or exactly. better. Exactly. It's it's it. Rockwell, Rockwell. Rockwell is a hardness test. Rockwell is a hardness rating. Okay. And and different types of steel have different ratings of hardness. Okay. And um, much like your grade five bolt, grade eight bolt, exactly, exactly. That steel. Yeah, that's that's a, some mild steel up to like some uh, I don't know. Um, uh, you're you're I'm making sorry, a good equivalence. Forged in fire in a while. No, no, you're, you're making a good equivalence. Uh, when you're talking about grade eight bolts, grade ten, grade twelve bolts. Yes. You are talking about the steel, but you're really talking about tensile strength. But it's still a good, yes, yes, it's yes. still a good um, equivalence. Analogy. It's a good analogy because there's a way to measure these things, and it's all about repeatability. When I buy a fucking block of steel, I mean, because we're buying, you know, 13 ton blocks of steel that we expect to have the same properties from one end of it to the other, top to bottom, front to back, no matter where we're machining, we want it to be a certain hardness, have certain properties all the way oh, through. Yes. When you buy that from fucking China or Russia or or Uzbekistan, you don't you don't know. Yeah, okay, we did the Rockwell we, we tested the Rockwell on the outside of this block and it's fifty Rockwell. But once we got to machining it, man, that machining got a lot fucking easier when we got down to the center of that block. Well, that means it's probably fucking 36 Rockwell, 34, 36 Rockwell. And 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 then when you when you go to harden it, because even when you buy hard steel, you, you harden it. 
in a lot of cases. When you go to harden it, you make, um, you end up making a big M&M out of this steel. You guys know what M&Ms are like? Hard on the outside, soft in the middle. The creamy center. So yeah, they've got this hard coating on them, but once that hard coating cracks, yeah, it's soft in the middle, and you're fucked. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, you wasted one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Yep. Should have bought U.S. Steel. Well, you know, coming from the equipment world, where we do a lot of work off-road, where uh, it's just uh, horrible terrain. We're twisting and getting this equipment very heavy equipment in all sorts of different positions it's very easy to bend break and brutalize any piece of steel on that equipment and uh, just being around it you learn a, a lot about these different kinds of steel and the different applications and you know you don't always want just a super hard piece of steel right there there's a lot of times it's not necessary or you just right. flat out don't want that yeah. You know, um, you know, I've got a, lot, a hitch pin. Okay, I, yeah, my hitch pin is uh, uh, hardened steel, about as hard as you can get. But a shear pin, well, that's soft. I want that to be able to shear off so it doesn't break another part. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just all kinds of different applications for steel there. and uh, But at the same time, you know, I've seen a piece of steel that you wouldn't think would break given the load that it was on and it'll snap you know i've seen a three inch diameter bar snap like it was a fucking twig well that, twig. that you know it's and possibly because the shear pan at the end of that bar was supposed to be i don't know p20 but it was bought from China, and no. they didn't clean their vats, and maybe maybe it was mixed in with H13, and it's way too fucking hard. But quite often, what I see is crystallization into the on the inside of that shaft. You get into the very center, and the steel is porous. Oh, God, that's even fucking worse. So during the, it's like during the casting, um, that steel in the center crystallized somehow. And it was weak its entire life just waiting on a load like that to break it. So, um, you know, casting issues happen. I've seen manufacturer or um, casting errors like that a lot in equipment. Um, that shit just happens. That's but, called cheap steel. I mean, it, it is, man. Like, it is. Uh, it, it, that's, that's all it is. I'm talking about repeatability. They have to make the product the same every time to the same standard. Every time. You, you talk about this, and it reminded me of, uh, when I was in Germany, 
And, you know, when you go to Germany, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to drink German beer. And you're going to find out real quick that if you were to walk in and get a six-pack of German beer, not all those beers are the same alcohol content. It's not like here in America where you walk into a store and you grab a beer and it's 6.5% alcohol by volume. Or, Joe, you drink those 8%. They're a little bit stronger, a little heavier, get you a little more kicked. Germany does not regulate the alcohol content of every single container sold like America does. Okay, we have regulations stating that it has to be this uh, alcohol percentage, and that's how it's manufactured. In Germany... It doesn't matter. So you could be drinking one that's 5% and your next beer is going to be 7%. It'll take you on a loop right now. Okay. So, uh, Devil's advocate time. Same way with their wine. That's why German wine is so fucking good because you don't know what that bottle's going to be when you open it. Devil's advocate time. On is this... Is this a conversation for or against regulations? Because we were just bitching about regulations on the diesel industry, but now we're talking I said about it was the fucking Germans, Joe. They're 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 the Nazis. Hold on one second. Disclaimer that I have to do for my family. Uh, I am slightly connected with their people. For alcohol, better people. What do you mean, and, you people? Uh, the German <laughs> government. I respect what they do and everything that keeps employing funds happening. I mean, so, speaking of guys, that, I, I'm gonna bow still out. Angela Merkel more than around? that. I don't know. No. But uh, continue. Thank God for small favors. <laughs> Keith, I'll back you up. I'll back you up. Um, I've worked on a lot of German-made equipment, and it is pretty fucking top-notch. I was just praising Volvo earlier. Yeah? Yeah, I'm I'm serious. German-made shit is pretty fucking top-notch. They, a lot of times, well, I don't know about recently, but they make their own steel. They have their own engineers. They do it their own way, and fuck everybody else. Right. Maybe not. Maybe not in the past five, ten years, because of you know the European Union. But on the whole, preparation H feels good. I mean, on the whole, I prefer three. I mean, German German engineering is pretty top notch. It is. It is. Sometimes it's over-engineered, but man, it's repeatable. It lasts. It, it's made with with good materials and and the best engineering in mind. Oh, that's the other thing. All that German beer is really, really fucking good. So uh, quality is there. It's just that they're not regulating the uh, alcohol content. And that's fine. I have to say, that makes it fun. That makes things a lot more fun. Well, if if we think about 
you know, German beer and the the history behind it. Yeah, okay, they might be selling four point six percent beer on the can, but they're not going to short you alcohol if it's not regulated, and if it's not four point six percent, it's probably five point two three something like that. Well, and a lot of times their kind of tradition and stuff is to also have their local breweries to be making stuff. Uh-huh. So you're small batching uh-huh. and then going through it. So that can have you guys just based on that? And the yeah, have you ever heard of a German beer? A German beer called Bitburger. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, when I was in Germany, I stayed pretty much right next door to the Bitburger Brewery and drank a shit ton of Bitburger. And I got to tell you, I've had Bitburger here in the States and it is not as good as it was in that little town. Well, beer does get old. It does. And I mean, just right there, fresh out of the brewery, right into the local pub. Oh, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. Bitburg. What a great little town, man. I had a blast in that little town. Yeah, German beer's good. Farsteiner. Bitburger. Kolsch. Not Grolsch. No. Kolsch. 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 K-O-L-S-C-H with a friggin' umlaut over there. Umlaut. 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 Kush. Danke, Frau Scott. I will drink to Frau Scott. That's the... Well, she wouldn't want us to drink to her, so I'll raise a soda. Well, I don't care if she wants it or not. She earned it. I guess she did. Greatest teacher I ever had. One of the best two teachers I've ever fucking had. God rest her soul. Wonderful woman. If you can't tell, uh, yeah, she was our German teacher in high school. And uh, every year she would take 30 students to Germany for an entire month. She did that for probably, what, 35 years? years, Maybe 40, yeah. Yeah. Long time. Man. If 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 anyone that can teach my stupid ass... A whole language in four years. You're a genius. You are right where you belong as a teacher. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I didn't go to Germany in high school. Joe, you went, didn't you? Yes, I did. You missed you out, did. dude. I wish you, you would have been there. I mean, yes, it would have been a great experience, but I went later. Um, because of some paperwork issues when I was in the Air Force and we had to stay in <laughs> Germany accidentally for a week, you know, that kind of thing happened. So, so um, you know, I got to experience Germany as an adult, you know, it involved things like renting a very, very fast Mercedes Benz and going to see how fast it went on the Autobahn. We actually went to Nürburgring, but uh, when we got there, we we're going to take the car around on Nurburgring Racetrack. And when we got there, the place was 
it was destroyed. There was garbage everywhere and dirty, dirty European hippies just sleeping in ditches. Not, not even no tent or anything. They're just, they're just sleeping there in the ditches. It was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Oh, we have places I, like that in the U.S. It's yes, we like, have Burning Man, and I mean Woodstock '96 was fucking gross. And you know, of... San Francisco. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying, but I'm not knocking it. I was just saying. Oh, I'm knocking it. Fuck that. The, Euro- the European hippies are different than these American hippies. <laughs> They're a different breed. But. uh how so? so? Do they have actual principles that they follow? No, they're just more like hobos. <laughs> Gypsies. Gypsies, yeah. Yeah. That's a good good way to put it. Definitely. So anyway, we just got on the Autobahn and we were cruising around. We decided to crank that thing open and uh, we were doing... I don't know in kilometers per hour, but it was 162 mile an hour. Figured that was good enough. Oh. Now, I've gotten pretty close to that in a Corvette outside of Kingman, Arizona. So, um, I got that Corvette up to 147, maybe 150. That would do. And I was good. That huh? Would do. That, that wasn't do. really sustained. <laughs> I just ran it up to there and backed her down. But uh, that's that'll. I mean, maybe not on those straightaways out there, but that'll still make your asshole pucker. That'd be one of the few places I would never try that shit around here. But I, you know, I'm not fearless behind the wheel since I rolled that Firebird. All right, I drive like Grandpa. Yeah, you fucking do. Uh, You can eat shit. I will drive the way I drive the rest of my life and stay alive. And I will piss you off the whole time you're doing it. That's fine. You just keep this full and shut the fuck up. Control the radio. You're lucky (laughs) I let you control the radio, motherfucker. Oh, fuck you. You go fuck yourself. You know, we've kind of switched roles over the years. You used to drive everywhere. Nowadays, I'm the one driving. Until we went down south last time, and you said, I'll tell you what, we'll take your car, but you drive a lot. I'll drive your car. And I said, fucking bet. We got down down to Anal Winchester, and I'm like, can I drive now? I want to pass this guy. On the right. (laughs) And you wouldn't do it. And then we fought the whole time. And it was hilarious. It was. was Keith, I had him so fucking pissed off because I ended up getting pretty tanked that night because he was driving. (laughs) Oh, dude. All the way back from Athens, I was giving him shit and he was motherfucking me the whole way. And then we got about, I don't know, 10 minutes from home, and he started letting farts loose to get me back. And I was sorry for every fucking word I said the whole day. 
Geneva's convention does not apply. Biological and chemical weapons will be used. That ain't no shit. Remember the kids in the back? Kids, poor kids in the back seat, fucking gagging and coughing, and I might have forgot they were there. Poor things. They were asleep. Yeah. Oh, the farts. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. As we're sitting here talking, I'm writing a synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the farts. Keith running stenographer over here. Yeah, man. Oh, God. Set it all up. That's wow. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, oh, the farts, piles the, of shit on the highway. Yeah, let's do that. I love this sort of stuff. Let's let's talk a little bit here about the German farmers protesting, shutting down major roads with tractors, in protest against fuel taxes. Poor Germany. We were just talking about Germany, weren't we? Yeah. We were praising yeah. Germany. Yeah. And here we are. Poor German. Now, I got to tell you, I was in Germany once, all right? I got to spend a week in Germany because you don't of say. paperwork. <laughs> you don't say. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, being the uh, absolute farm geek that I am, as we were out driving around in this Mercedes that we rented to go to Nürburgring, <laughs> We uh we come across some baler races. This was a hay baling race, and it was some of the coolest fucking shit I'd ever seen in my life. Hell yeah! They were having a competition for hay baling. It's like this is my kind of fucking professional sport here. Where the fuck is ESPN? Let's get these boys in here. ESPN Ocho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, that would be Oct, not Ocho. Oct, Oct. <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> The oct. Das oct. Das oct. Anyway, um, I just got to paying attention to a lot of these farms over there. um, Road farming, if you will. And uh, so many of these farms are old. Very, very old. The barns are, you know, two, three hundred years old or older. Way older than most of the barns standing around here. And well kept. Uh, for the most part, yes, well kept. Um, but the number one thing that I noticed is there's no houses because they don't live out in the country on the farm. Everybody lives in town. And then they drive out to their farmland every day to go to work. Um, Sounds like they burn a lot of gas and pollute the air. Okay, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just being a dick. Go ahead. Right. But it, it was just a, a, an interesting take on it. Um, a very different way of farming. Um, of course, you know, things evolved differently. Um, they had windmills everywhere. So they were trying to farm around all the windmills and everything. Mm. But 
there was there was a lot of hay crop around where I was, uh, but I didn't see a whole lot of cattle. Okay, and the cattle that I did see were very small herds in some of these old barns, um, feedlot style. They weren't really pasturing. So um, that was also really the wrong time of year for uh, seeing a lot of good growing crops. You know, they were that hay baler race was would have been their first cutting of hay. So. Um, that being said, you know, these are guys who are still out there working their butts off on that piece of land, taking care of their animals, growing a quality crop. And right now they are absolutely under attack by the government. The same thing that we've covered happened in, um, uh, the Netherlands and the Dutch farmers, uh, pretty much all but revolted. Um, uh, we see this more and more around the world. Uh, I believe uh, there was a South American country that went into revolt, maybe Argentina. Were we talking about that? I know Brazil has had issues with their farmers fighting with the government. Argentina's in full revolt dem democratically with Javier Malay. I know. Oh, man. Beautiful. I've just gotten to know this guy. And uh, he's he's South America's Trump. He really is. <laughs> but he's 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 more well spoke than Trump. Mm -hmm. He is. He is. But he says fuck a whole lot more than Trump was able to. <laughs> that guy just doesn't care. He's dropping f bombs left and right. I have never once heard him drop the f bomb. Really. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. Never once heard him do it. I mean, granted, I don't speak Spanish, but I maybe they're maybe they're just uh, censoring the the subtitles here. But I've never heard him once swear a bunch. Well, he's well, well spoke. I've, he's classy, as far as I know. I've seen the one interview two different ways and in one he was cussing and in the other one he did I don't think he's cussing a bunch I would, but if you look he's at the guy animated he could he is. easily I think he was by his facial expressions and hand gestures yeah yeah he might as well have been yeah you're right but you're uh, th th this farm revolt I mean it's it's great because what we I, I saw some videos uh, on the internet today of this German farm protest, and all I saw was a straight highway as far as the eye could see, full of tractors with manure spreaders pulling behind them. And I saw some tractors just, you know what? This is where I dump it, right fucking here. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me because I have previously seen the French farm protest. These French farmers were driving down the streets of Paris in the governmental district with liquefied shit, you know, spraying shit, not, not solid shit. And 
they had their tanks of shit with their sprayers pointed outwards, just driving down the boulevard, spraying shit out of both sides along all these government buildings right on the fucking walls on the outside. And I just, I couldn't help but just clap my fucking hands like, yes, um, there is a drive video. down there and dump a bunch of shit on them because that's what they've done to you. There's a video that's just gone viral. Um, I'm not sure where this was. I think this was in the Netherlands. Uh, it was a bunch of Dutch farmers who brought some massive hay bales down. And they shoved oh. them right in the front door of the Ministry of Treasury. Yep, I saw that too. I loved it. Shoved them right in there. Hell yeah! Here's it's, to you, fellas. Fuck them assholes. It'll happen here. It could happen here. I'm not going to say it will, but it has every possibility of it. I, I hope it doesn't, because I'm afraid to see what will happen in reaction. Because if anything 2023 has taught us, or since the last election, well, I don't know, since Obama... I have learned that our our culture and our government is purely reactionary. And what I mean by that is, okay, my opposition, my political opponent, or the person I disagree with does one thing and sets a precedent that's wrong. Doesn't matter what I'm, what side I'm on, if I'm right or left or middle, doesn't matter. My opponent does something and sets a precedent, and it's wrong. It's immoral, it's unconstitutional, and somehow they get away with it. And then, bam, next election cycle, the other party's in power, or the other side, or the other uh, ideology is in power. And the, because that precedent was already set, now that we're in power, we're going to react and we're going to up the ante. We're going to do. Option. We're going to do what they did, and then some. And then some. And then the pendulum swings back the other way in the next two, four years, and then they've got power. And because we've already up the ante and set a new precedent, they're going to do the same thing and then some. And it just builds on that and builds on that. It's all reactionary. It's super fucking dangerous. I don't mean to be doom and gloom and and conspiracy no, theory on. sort of guy or you're right on to something. I, I, it, it's that's all that's going on these days, guys. I brought up the nuclear option because it just reminded me, you know, the Democrats invented the nuclear option. The filibuster. Uh, the filibuster well then it came time to appoint some supreme court justices and you know what the republicans used it against him yeah and it backfired on them but now 
as a reaction to that, the Democrats want to up the ante, and now they want to increase SCOTUS to 11 judges, which means they'll be able to appoint two judges and have a majority on the court. Perfect example. And then what, ha- what happens after about that? Power. It's all about power. After that, they start legislating from the bench. That's what they'll fucking do. Oh, dude, that's already happening. As if they're not already doing it. Now, I will say our current Supreme Court, as conservative as it is, even with Justice no. Roberts on there as Chief Justice, which I don't fucking like him, even though he's conservative, uh, they're still legislating from the bench. They have been for decades. I mean, they okay, do. okay. They do, look at it. Look at the state level. Look what just happened in Colorado. They're legislating yeah. from the bench. They are not. They are not adjudicating they're legislating right yes because donald trump has not been convicted of insurrection he's not even been charged with insurrection in any state federally locally nothing but they invoked the 14th amendment on his ass which again apply it it doesn't even exactly these are these dangerous precedents that are set and and I hate to say it, but I'm conservative. Republicans claim to be conservative, so I identify as a conservative. Don't ask me my pronouns because I don't know. But my side is going to take that in four years or so and do the same thing and even worse. And the Democrats right now are so dumb that they don't realize what they're doing. And in four years or so, the Republicans are going to be so dumb, they don't realize what they're doing. They're upping the ante. They're they're adding fuel to the fire. Where does this end? Where? War. War. Civil Civil, war. Civil or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, we're already in... uh, uh... We're We're a cultural civil war. An information war, a cultural war, um, an economic war. And not an economic war with another country, even though we are at it now. We're in an economic war with China. On all fronts. All fronts. All fronts. And they're winning. Well, they don't have to be. By a bunch by a bunch but the psychological war on the everyday average American and the war on their bank account because I know every average American out there right now today if they made it to Christmas they're thanking God they made it here everybody's tight on money everything's expensive wages aren't keeping up with cost of living increases no not at all it is a war on each individual american and your pocketbook on your way of life on your peace your happiness your sanity and at least for the happiness part that's guaranteed by the constitution so it's time to pick up the guns. George, get the cannons. We've got to go again. 
Well, that's what the uh, VFWs are for. We can go pick us up some cannons. They are strategically stationed around. Yes, they fucking are. Some have tanks, some have anti-aircraft. We have tanks. Some have artillery. Some have helicopters. I know where that Apache is. Joe, you know where the Apache is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. We have a Hummer demos too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Those aren't just relics, folks. Mm. They're uh, they're uh, 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 the sentiment of Fafo. You guys know what Fafo is? Fathos? No. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. The disciples of Fafo. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that is. Fuck around and find out. Behind every blade of grass. And that's what gives me hope. The Second Amendment gives me hope. The Second Amendment is literally the most important part of the Bill of Rights. I beg to differ. I, the First I, Amendment is the most important. Without the, fir- without the second, you don't have the first, bro. Right. I mean, you Without are... the first, there's no need for the second. No, there are plenty of other amendments that you need to defend. I, I didn't word that right. I didn't word that right. You look, the first is the first for the reason for a reason. Because you lead with speech. You It's the vision. Talk your problems out. Yeah, well conflict resolution. Are you playing devil's advocate right now? No. Oh. No. Kind of felt like you were. Look no. They put these in order for a reason. They are in order of importance. I'm going to agree with you here. Okay? They are in order of importance. At least for the first five. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe that was a mistake by the, the founding fathers because the Second Amendment is the most important one. Because without the Second Amendment, you don't have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of assembly. You don't have freedom of association. You don't have the right to trial by jury. You don't have any of those rights if you cannot defend yourself. Because when it comes down to it, what's the last line of defense? Not your speech. Your speech is going to fall on deaf ears at some point or another. And they're still going to want to lock you up. They're still going to take your shit. They're still going to want to kill your family. And what else are you going to do? Joe, Exercise your Second Amendment right. That's the last line. It's the, the most important one. Than the, sword. the pen is mightier than the sword. No, it's not. It's fucking not. And it pays to have a good lawyer. Yeah, that's all good and fine. Okay, I've slipped into playing devil's advocate again. I know you have. Uh, you know I'm right there with you, and I know we're... Um, anyways, moving on, this home will be defended. 
in the American way. Mm-hmm. Good old-fashioned American tradition. Like I said, behind every blade of grass. Man. I hate to, I, I hate to see the day, but it might happen. And that's the thing. You know, this... We've talked about this, and what if it comes to civil war and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the... <laughs> I guess the right wingers are all known for clinging to their Second Amendment and their guns and blah blah. Better blah. clingers. The thing about this is, it's like an insurance policy. Okay, you never want to have to use it because it means that something bad and horrible has happened. Okay. A gun, a weapon, of any kind, is there purely for self-defense. With the hope that you never, ever have to pull it and have to use it. But if you do have to use it, you want to be glad that you had it. You get in an automobile accident, you're glad you had insurance to get your car replaced. Or a seatbelt. You have homeowner's insurance because when that nader comes along and wipes out your house, they build you a new one. So, And you pay for it like we pay for our second amendment we fight for our second amendment all the time because we have to vote for bunches of dumbasses that have horrible policies but they'll defend our second amendment we've got to change the way and the people who we elect there is a culture for politicians that must change. If there's a, you know there's another there's another word there's, for there's another phrase for the political culture. There's Keith, what is it's a couple word. What is it, Keith? It's um incentive structure. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ding 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 ding. And we're back. We have to change the incentive structures for fucking everything. And politics culture society from top to bottom it's all fucked the incentive structures get our political leaders elected so they can keep getting elected no matter how horrible of a job they do our our cultural incentive structures tell us to fuck everybody and have don't just do whatever we want as long as it feels good and we don't care about the consequence Come on, guys. Let's change the fucking incentive structures. Yeah. If you shit out 80 fucking kids, okay, if you shit out seven kids because you're a whore or you're a piece of shit dude and impregnate a bunch of bitches, the incentive structures should be such that your life's going to really suck if you do that. But no. Our incentive structures say, hey, you know what? If you have a lot of money and campaign and get elected on a bunch of bullshit and you do a really shitty job, man, you got you got elected like a motherfucker. We're going to do that again. And our incentive structures are there as such that if, if, if you let a bunch of dudes bust nuts in you and you have seven or eight kids... <laughs> We're going to pay you 
We're going to pay you and we're going to take care of you. What kind of fucked up incentive structure bullshit is that? I guess peanut butter. Yeah. yeah. I saw the writing on the wall back in, you know, we'll say... 0809 when they started political prosecutions of soldiers for supposed war crimes and um, things ROE bullshit ROE things that you know they really had no business knowing about in the first place but things that were blown out of context and they grabbed a news story and ran with it for political gain. And what they really did is say, we're politically prosecuting, politically persecuting an enlisted man. Mm. And that was, that was, that was wrong. And yeah, and they were using politics to hold up it, it was a spending bill for armor and this was like 0405 and IEDs were kicking our ass over there because everybody's driving around in unarmored Humvees with only second chance vests and uh, you know guys running around with the front plate and no back plate some shit like that you know nobody really had decent body armor there were no armored vehicles things were shit and they wouldn't give us the money for it because they wanted to play politics while every day american soldiers are getting legs blown off and mm. dying in unarmored vehicles mm. fighting the war they sent us to go fight now fuck you fuck you hard yeah well, that political game they were playing is, all right, well, we'll give you the money, but, you know, we you, you have to let them shoot at you uh, an inordinate amount of times before you retaliate. Well, once. Shoot once and it's game on. ROE. Was it that that easy? Shoot if they shoot at you once? They shot, drop them, schwack them. Uh, okay, Nick, yeah, I know you don't like these sort of movies because they're Hollywoodified and stuff. But have you seen Lone Survivor? No, I read the book. Um, oh, good, good. I read the book years ago, just because I happened to be in a Barnes and Noble and I walked by it and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, I'm buying this. I read like three pages in it, and I was like, oh my god, I remember this. I fucking remember when that chopper went down. I mean, talk about something that was absolutely heartbreaking. It, 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 I mean, just everybody, it blew us all away. It was the largest loss of Navy SEAL life ever. Ever. And it was because of ROE. They had eyes on target. They saw him. 
that there was no engagement by the enemy, so they had to stand down. It's fucked. It's absolutely fucked. So, Keith, how's DS9 going? Dude, it is fucking kicking some ass. I am now on the last season, season seven. I'm only two or three episodes in. So, Ezri so is cute. Dude, yeah. So fucking, like. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you miss Jadzia. Yeah, dude. You really do. But then you kind of see her at the same time, like, alright, yeah, I could see her being like that, and then, like, I could see her talking through her, and that, even in the first episode, like, of really being mm -hmm. able to talk to her. Well, let's be honest, Jetsy adapts to an everyday normal guy like us, a little intimidating. For Worf, no, that's fucking... <clears throat> But Esri, that's attainable for us, right? She's that's a little, the... a little more submissive and attainable, but just as hot. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I, I find it, it. I. What was the confusion? There was some confusion amongst us today. Okay. Um, Where I was like. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. I didn't spoil anything. You have seen the episode, Keith. They were... In front of Corks. In front of Corks. Well, for season the six. Hollow suite, in, at the end of season six, Odo gets to hanging out with Vic Fontaine in the Hollow Suite. And he's in there playing piano... Yeah. And do you remember that episode? Yeah. Okay. And Vic hooks up Odo and Kira. And now they're dating. And yeah. that's what I meant with my comment was, yeah, Kira got her promotion to Colonel and she gets to bang a founder. But you didn't say bang a founder. No. no I said he's fucking a founder. She's no, you said she's the founder. I saw that comment. Right, and that's where I'm like, what the? I think oh, it might have really? might have been a typo. Yes. You said she's a founder. Okay, oh, now I know where the confusion is. That's what it was. She is not a founder. That's what he meant. The bitch of a founder. Yes. But my other comment that I made there was, you know. All the sci-fi stuff that's crammed into Star Trek, warp drive, replicators, the stable wormhole, you know, space travel, all of this. The most sci-fi thing ever was a guy like Odo getting unfriend zoned. Yeah. And actually yeah, you're right. Hooking a relationship with the woman of his dreams. And we all gotta applaud Odo. You gotta be proud of him. Odo is by far the greatest character in the show. I mean, honestly, people, if you don't like Star Trek and 
you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> you gotta try it for Odo, because he might be the greatest TV character ever. Really. Put him up there with Norm from Cheers, you know. <laughs> Dan from Roseanne. Oh, uh, man. Uncle Jesse on Full House. <laughs> uh, Tim Allen from Home Improvement. He was like everybody's dad as a kid. Fuck yeah, yeah I loved Home Improvement. But I'm, I'm glad we got this cleared up because I was busy and wasn't paying attention to our chat, but I saw a few of the comments. I saw I, the, I was busy at work. And, I yeah, saw you so. say something about she's a founder, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, she's banging and, a founder. And Sorry. that was a Sorry. typo, obviously. And then I saw the thing about um, uh, Odo. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we cleared this up. He didn't spoil anything for you. She's not a founder, Keith. That's good. Or is she? Or is she? <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Maybe she is. Dude, okay, but I'm so fucking stoked that it's coming to an end, but then kind of sad at the same time. But I'm excited because I want to start a fucking Voyager run through because. So far, I've done a whole, the original, Next Generation, now DS9, and then I want to do Voyager. Oh, you did the original series uh -huh. leading up to the Next Generation? Oh, shit. So I, okay. I have this so, running through. Okay. Do it. Do it. It's Good. out of order Good. a little bit, but now, but it eventually, you need to go back and watch all of them again. Like, oh, I just sure. bounce back and forth between The Next Generation and DS9. Yeah. Those are the best, and I watch them over and over. I watch them all the way through, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going back to The Next Generation. And I'll watch it all the way through and be like, I'm going to watch that again. And mm -hmm. and you just you pick up on shit you didn't see the first time, or when you watch it again, the the message you get, it's a little different, but more emphatic. It's it's really fucking cool. It's or, literally the best show in the history of of TV. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it, I'd it say might that it's be one of them, but it's not the best. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. When it comes to DS Nine, yeah. when it comes to DS Nine, I would say the character development in that show is probably it, one of the top five best ever. Um, the the storylines, when you get into the overarching storyline and... Of the emissary. I mean, there are numerous overarching storylines throughout Deep Space Nine and uh, it's, it's, it's and they all fascinating. serve, they serve one storyline though. That's, what's the great thing that's about it. And, and Keith, you're coming to the great collision here. Cause that's all season seven is, is everything that's been started throughout the entire series. is going to come to a halt here and it's going to be shit. You didn't even realize mm -hmm. until you get there and you're going to be like, Oh, 
But wow. hey, you might not realize it. Even at the end, you might not realize it. So that's why I advise yeah. you, after your journey through all the series, go back and watch it again. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. then it'll make more sense. And then you will be yeah. like, you know what? You're right. This is the best fucking series Man. on TV in history ever. Honestly. DS9 itself. Is that what you're saying? DS9 yeah, itself. when you get to the last episode of DS9 and you watch that very last episode, when it gets over, the first thought in your head is, I got to go back and watch season one. What, and about this, I got this question and this. I got to go back and watch that. I didn't pay enough attention in there. And now you're right back in season one watching all of it again, and you're even more into it than you were the first time. Keith, I just joined you. Was it last night you said you started season seven, episode one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I turned that on when I laid down and went to sleep. Oh, God, and so that's such a good episode. Such oh. a fucking good episode. It's not the hardest episode to watch. You haven't even gotten to the hardest episode yet. If you thought watching Jed Zia die was bad... There's something worse. Oh, that's season six, episode 25. Or, yeah, 25. What do you mean? Jetsia died at the end of season six. Yes, but I'm saying the worst episode is towards the end of season seven. It's in that last tense episode section. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and then, okay, enough, enough, no spoiling. I, there's no way I can describe that without, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it and, is. And it's it's just never. I'm, I'm getting excited. But, oh. You know, that's how I felt with uh, Stargate. Stargate was the shit to me. And then, Yeah. I also watched, this is, when I went through TNG this last time, that was my fourth time going all the way through TNG. That was always my favorite. Um, When Voyager first came out, I watched it on, through TV and stuff, but I didn't watch it after video on demand and streaming and all that jazz, so. Yep. Yeah, I never. I I, I, I I tried several times to go through Voyager, and I just can't do it. I don't know if it's because I'm older and I'm too busy, and I don't have. The only time I watch TV is because I'm going to bed and I'm going to fall asleep, and I miss it. I don't know. I just can't get drawn in by it like I can. I mean, I still watch TNG and DS9 to go to sleep, and I still find myself. Sometimes not being able to go to sleep because the episode is that fucking good, even though I've seen it yep. 17 times. No lie. I've probably been through these two series 20 times in my life. Yep. And that's, you know, 14 years worth of episodes right there, guys. <laughs> There's a lot there. You know, I was just thinking about this, uh, there's a meme I saw. It was comparing sci-fi uh, shows. And uh, 
it showed Star Wars had, you know, a, a space wizard with a laser sword, and Star Trek had uh, a guy with a phaser, and then it showed, uh, um, shoot, what is that, with Starbuck and Captain Adama, Admiral Adama. Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it showed uh, Admiral Adama with one of his starfighters. And then it shows Stargate, and it's MacGyver with a brick of C4. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is accurate as shit. Oh, it I is very appealing. It was like fucking money on that shit, too. Like, bitch. You're from a third world planet. You want C4. It's great. <laughs> Give me all that shit. <laughs> 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 oh, you blew half your place up? Well, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. I like that one episode where they're driving golf balls into the Stargate. Yeah, like, dude. absolutely, I would do that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bottle of whiskey, clubs, and some balls. Uh huh. That there's nothing more, more American military than that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh shit! Didn't the colonel come in and catch him doing it? Yeah. I think yeah. Oh man. It is a great show, man. It is. Well, yeah. dudes, we're sitting at one hour and 45 minute record time. Goddamn. We started late tonight, and we fucking rocked it. This, this is a good fucking Christmas, New Year's fucking bow. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is the, uh, is this going to be the last? Nah. We might be able to get in uh, another one before the the new year. What do you guys think? It's only the 23rd. No. No. Not by next Sunday. Yeah, yeah. probably not. Well, maybe next Sunday. We. Well, yeah. Next Sunday is, nope, nope. No, nope. that's that's the yeah. party. Yeah, fuck. Saturday is a gig. Friday's dress rehearsal. Every, everything this week is nothing but band. practice and rehearsal. Band and band and band. Because I gotta I gotta apologize publicly publicly to you, Keith, because this band yes. thing has been fucking our podcast and. That's on both of us. It uh, is. It fucking is. I am so sorry, brother. Ditto. Um, we were discussing this last night, actually. That's why we wanted to move the podcast up at night. But um, the, there is light at the end of the tunnel. When we get through this gig, we'll be back to normal schedule and no bullshit. I wouldn't say that. Don't make promises you can't keep because once we play a show, we need to add more songs and practice harder. But 
we we are will adapt right now. We will we are cramming and we will We're adapt. Cramming. We will adapt. We have to because I do not want to stop doing this. I'm not going to stop. This is too much fun. It's too much fun and there are a few people out there apparently that like it. So, you know, fuck it. Let's keep doing it. We'll yeah, adapt. We're adults and make this work. And it's it's all a gift and tis the fucking season folks so in closing uh listen to the podcast if you know us and you're local come watch us if you can uh and and have yourselves a merry christmas love one another have that giving spirit I guess for my closing comments, I want to uh, wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and peace and joy to everybody. And I want a brief, quick story that back in 1945 on Christmas night, when the U.S. Airborne was surrounded in Bastogne by the Germans on Christmas night, nobody fired a shot. And they sang Christmas carols. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a happy new year. See y'all next year. See you on the other side, folks. 24 is going to be a doozy.